Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Sloan, your bartender for today, and I'm Trish, your crime tender for today. So grab a cocktail, buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot! Beep beep! bartender sloan the bartender today we are making an oatmeal cookie shot and this is too good it goes down a little too smoothly for it all to be alcohol content but you could also easily make this into a martini if you didn't want to shoot it all you need is fireball irish cream and butterscotch schnapps and it's just equal parts of each so for the shots i did one ounce of fireball one ounce of uh, Irish cream, and one ounce of the butterscotch schnapps. I don't keep any of those chilled personally. If you do, you don't have to shake it with ice and strain it, but since we keep all of our liquor room, te room temp, I did have to pour all of mine over ice, shake it, and then strain it into a shot glass. And then you just shoot it, and it goes down like milk. It's really too delicious. Unfortunately, Trish does not do fireball, too many bad nights. <laughs> Too many bad nights. So this one was all on me, but let me tell you, 12 out of 10, do recommend. I let a lot of people sample this since I tested it, and they all loved it. So I highly recommend this, especially as like a holiday treat. It, was, it would be a perfect post-dinner, little dessert, impress everybody. Delicious. And the best part about all of that is I know you can get small bottles of Fireball, small bottles of the butterscotch schnapps, and uh, small little Baileys. So you don't even have to invest in this, like, $20 bottles for each one. You could really make this a cheap little post thing for you and your girls or whoever you're hanging out with these holidays. So, enjoy. All right. I guess first off, by the time this comes out, happy birthday to me. Yay! <laughs> it's either coming out on my birthday or around then. Yes. So if this is the 21st, happy birthday to me. If not, um, either pre-happy birthday or post-happy birthday, you have an awesome birthday present coming your way. Woohoo, I'm excited. I have to wait all year for presents. It's... When I was little, you didn't notice it as much. And then now that I'm older, it's... Here's your birthday slash Christmas present. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Love you, too. We can start selling your, celebrating your birthday in July. <laughs> I've offered that with my parents. I'm like, can we just like do like my half birthday? It's June. <laughs> Seems fair to me. Right. They don't go for it. Ugh. <laughs> well, the case I have for today is... Again, one of those cases that as I started looking into, I was just like, what? <laughs> it, it's a little heavy, but it's, it's not like, it is nothing like <laughs> your one that we have for this week. Ooh, <laughs> that's a heavy. She's a heavy one. I'm sorry. Uh, Do apologize in <laughs> advance. This is... 
kind of the missing person slash murder of Joshua Vernon Maddox. Um, I say missing because at one point he was, and then they discovered him mm -hmm. years later. So, right. For a good portion of this, he is looked at as a missing. Is this, uh, the, wait, when did he go missing? Would be my best way to answer. It. Uh, 2008. Okay, no, that's not. Did you see, sorry to interrupt, but did you see the news that came out this week about the Auburn student that went missing in the 80s and they found his car in a lake this past um, week? Um, it's very possible. I'm always, like, on, like. And that's what I thought. Things, so that's where I thought yeah, we were no, heading with this. No, this this is in Colorado. Okay, this oh. is in your where you want to live and sometime <laughs> or visit Send me at to least. Colorado, <laughs> send me there. So, like I said, this is the this is a wild case of Joshua Vernon Maddox. Joshua was born March 9th, nineteen ninety. Yeah, Leo baby. He's a little older than me. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm sitting here. You're born just, in 88 going. <laughs> just He's a baby. Uh, he lived in Woodland Park, Colorado, which is a small town of maybe about 8,000 people. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I grew up in a little small town, Louisville, I think. It, probably roughly about the same amount of people. Right. So, I get where you're coming from, kid. Uh, his parents were divorced, and he lived with his father, Mike, and two sisters, Kate and Ruth. They don't really go into, like, that, so... Into the family. I don't know like... why, you know, he yeah. chose to live with his mother. Right. Not his mother. His father over right. his mother, so... Oh, goodness, it's raining. Well, I was say, I, I doubt y'all can hear it. I don't but... know if you can hear it, but if you do hear something, it's the rain. It just started pouring. Right? Jeez. Um, but yeah, so it kind of really pushed Josh over the edge, and it was a big shock to, like, the family and Josh. Yeah. Like, obviously, they probably knew he was depressed. Yeah. But you but never, you never want to think that it's going to happen. It's usually the ones you least expect. Yes. So, like I said, Josh thought very highly of his brother and everything. But it seems like, for the most part, Josh was able to, like, move on and kind yeah. of seem very happy around 2008. Mm -hmm. So... It seems like things are getting better, but yes. we're about to hit a turn because, hello, this is a crime right. podcast. So, May 8th, 2008, Josh left his house to go for a walk, and he even, like, his sister Kate, you know, pretty much kind of saw him, asked what was happening, and he was, like, going for a walk, she, like, this is normal form, so she didn't really think much of it. She was just yeah. like, all right, bye. See you in a little bit. <laughs> uh, he was apparently a nature lover. Like I said, he often went hiking alone. So, like If I said, lived in Col Colorado, I would be a nature lover. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I said, he, this was normal for him, so it was nothing out of the ordinary. It wasn't like, all right, sure, you go have fun with that. Yeah. Like, anything that would really make her be like, this is weird. Yeah. And 
They thought nothing of it until, you know, later that night, he just didn't return home. So his family began to worry. Apparently they didn't worry, like, too much. Too, too much, because it wasn't until March, not March, May, sorry, looking at M and just automatically going March. So this was May 8th. Tomato, potato. Right? This was May 8th. March 3rd. I said it again. May. May 13th. Only five days later is when his father, Mike, finally called the police to report Josh missing. So, like, they were worried, but they also probably thought he's just with some friends, maybe. Like, yeah, he was like an easygoing guy. Yeah. So, I would disappear on my parents back then, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, his father said, I got up one morning and Josh was there. Then he came, like, came home and that, and like, but Josh never came home. Right. So it's like you, you saw him one morning and then like, you just never saw him again. The family called his friends. No one had seen him. So again, like that's worrisome too. So. But I guess when they called like the friends and nobody had seen him, that was kind of the the final. Right, we have we have to get police involved. Yeah. Authorities, friends, and family scoured the neighborhood and nearby Parkland area looking for Josh. And after months of searching, nothing turned up. So, you know, you just at that point you pretty much have to call it off, and you just yeah. you hope for the best. But there's only so much that you can do. Yeah. Hope, obviously, for a lot of people, hope faded of finding him. Yeah. Whether that meant finding him alive or just finding him in general. Right. Um, his sister, Kate, in her mind, just really hoped that he is. he decided to leave town, go play music, just start a new life. To her, like, that was something so easy for her to believe. Right. Because... He was, like, that laid-back musician, yeah. like, it's he, totally found an op- yeah, he found an opportunity. Yeah, let's take it. He didn't really have ties besides yeah. the family. She really hoped that one day he would just kind of reappear, turn up, maybe have, like, a wife and kid or whatnot, that he would just turn up and be like, this is your family. That would be really Ako Taco to you. I mean, it would, but, but it's the best scenario. That, that was, I guess, in a way, that's her way of coping with him being gone and not having yeah. answers. Yeah, she said he was an 18-year-old. It's reasonable to believe that he would just leave and start a new life. Yeah. And like I said, like, they hope that maybe, like, one day he'd just kind of return with, like, a wife and, like, small child or whatnot. Or that they would just happen to, like, stumble across him, like, playing music, playing music a in a band, yeah. like, writing music, I mean, point, everything. Just, just anything. anything, yeah. Police had no evidence or reason to believe in foul play, so they just listed him as a missing person. Yeah. And everything. He would stay a missing person until 2015. So, like I said, this is back in 2008. Yeah. So, he was missing for a long time. Seven, eight years. And in 2015, Chuck Murphy, 
a 80-year-old builder from Colorado Springs was demolishing his old wood cabin in, not in, on Meadow Lark Lane. Mm -hmm. This is about two blocks from, like, the family house. Right. So it's very close. His cabin was in a large area of land surrounded by tall pines. Chuck had originally bought this cabin in the 1950s, said the cabin hadn't been lived in for, like, at least a decade and had fallen into a state of repair, and he really just, like, at this point, it's, like, useless to him. Right. So they just decided, instead of trying to refurbish it, they would just knock it down. Demolish it. Start all over. Yes. Make it high tech. <laughs> yeah. Um, as they were demolishing the cabin to make way for a property development, this all started in August 2015. Yeah, probably should have moved this note a little up for, but it's <laughs> fine. Uh, we're here now. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, he said the house hadn't really been lived in for a decade. Apparently, back in 2005, the last person to live there was Chuck's brother. Chuck, obviously called the police. They arrived with a county coroner who <laughs> later, with the help of dental records, was able to posi- positively identify the body as Joshua Maddox. Poor baby. The Maddox family was obviously shocked at the discovery of Josh's body. Right. Um, well, they were hoping he had a secret family yeah, out there like said, you're, you're hoping that, you know, you're going to find him alive and then you just find out, you know, he's dead. And then also, I go into the, like, his sister Kate said, the situation made no sense. They expected him to be anywhere else in the world, but he was so close. Like I said, he was literally two blocks away. Two blocks from... The family home. Right. As to why the cabin, they assume that he, being an 18-year-old at the time, was checking it out and that, and it had been abandoned for a long time, and he just had, happened to have a horrible accident. Right. That's what I was thinking, like, he fell down the chimney, or like you said, maybe he was climbing up and yeah. some, but, like. There's, at this point, there's no, like, definite. You don't know anything. And there's the air, in case you hear that kicking on. (laughs) Cabin was two blocks from the Max family home. And, like I said, there were searches for Josh. And, apparently, like, they always just kind of overlooked this cabin. Well, even if you looked at the cabin, I don't think that you would, like, look... They said, they said, I mean, they always, like, obviously they stumbled across this, but there was never any sign of life. You're looking at this cabin, you kind of look into it, you see that it's abandoned, like, there's nothing really stating that there's any sign of life inside this cabin. Well, and, like, what's-his-face, Chad? Is that, that's who owns the house? Who owns the cabin? Anyways, the owner of the cabin, Chuck. Chuck, he went into the house to get valuable items out and, like, he didn't stumble across, like, it took yeah. construction to find what yes. you needed to find. So, even if you looked for him during that search, unless you would have been looking for him, like, if the, 
within 24 hours or something and you could hear him moving in there i just don't see yeah so like i said they it's like it's not like they never saw this cabin it's just there was never any reason for them to look into the cabin and also the cabin was located about 50 feet from the road so police even said even if when josh was in the chimney if he had yelled for help it's very likely that no one ever would would have have even heard him so there is all that the county coroner al born did an autopsy and found no evidence of drugs in josh's system so they basically say he was like at the time of his death there was no like cause in like real influences yeah. like through ju- drugs or even alcohol right to like basically say oh <laughs> he was messed up right he was one of those teenagers yes um so along with like no drugs or alcohol found in his system uh, Bourne also said the hard tissues showed no signs of trauma. He had no broken bones, no knife marks, no bullet holes. Like, there was nothing saying, you know, yeah, he was either under the influence of anything or was dead. Any specific reason yeah, for there was, there's no, like, basically, they have <laughs> there's no proof of homicide or yes. murder. So, or accidental overdose, or... He said that his death wasn't instant, so, like I said, there, there's no... There's a lot of mystery behind everything. Yeah, I mean, there was um, eight years between yeah. this and finding him. They know that he didn't starve to death, though, because that would have taken weeks, and when they were searching, if they were checking out this cabin. Yeah. Obviously, he could have, you know, right. made some sort of sounds. Right. They say that it was very likely that he died of dehydration or even hypothermia because at the time, like, both of those only take a few days for you to pass away from. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, at the time of, like, when he went missing, the temperatures were in, like, the high 20s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This southerner would die. (laughs) I was going to say, the southerner would be (laughs) curled up. Trish would be fine. I'd be like, it's t-shirt weather. (laughs) I would be dying. Begging for food and alcohol for my last meal. Yes. Um, where what, where did I leave off? Um, on September 28th, 2015, Bourne ruled Josh's death as accidental. Specu- they speculated that Josh had climbed into the chimney and just became stuck. Yeah. Um, said his position in the chimney appeared to have been a voluntary act in order to gain access. I mean, very well could be, very well so, could not be. Yeah. We, 
we do not know. <laughs> so keep that in mind. They're saying that he entered this chimney on free will. Everything, like... Right. And there's no signs of, like, foul play. Right. Um, but, despite this, many locals in the family even had issues with the coroner's report. And we go in to this, and you find out why they had so many issues with them saying this was an accident. So, Chuck questioned... Chuck is the guy that owns the cabin. Right. He question the coroner's report as he said the chimney was built 20 years before and was fitted with a thick wesh uh, if I can (laughs) a thick wire mesh hung from steel hooks designed to keep animals and debris from being lodged inside my townhouse apartment whatever you want to call it like we have one of those Mm -hmm. in ours so like I know (laughs) you know, pretty much what it sounds like when things are kind of, like, falling. Like, it literally, it keeps things out. Yeah. And the webbing was installed in the chimney about one row of bricks from the top of the chimney. Mm Mm-hmm. So. He would have gotten caught there. If he would have tried to go in from the top, there's no way. Born was of the opinion that the grate had been corroded or rusted and said there was at like the at the time of like the discovery and everything there was no metal mesh and it never appeared in any pictures. Hmm. Um but apparently during demolition all metal had been collected and taken for scrap which would explain why the mesh like was never there. there. Yeah. But it's questionable if yeah. it was there. Um, they said that basically the like demo- like the people demolishing the thing said, you know, yes, they removed all this. They didn't know at the time like yeah. it could be important. And when they removed it, like they didn't see anything. So like it it wasn't like <laughs> they were taken out and we're went, disposing what is of that? <laughs> we're disposing of yeah. evidence. So they didn't know any better, so where was I at? Okay. Uh, Chuck's questions, though, did make Bourne reopen the case just three days after his initial conclusion. Um, not only did the mesh cause doubt, but a large wooden breakfast bar had been torn from the wall in the kitchen and dragged over to block the chimney from inside the cabin. What? Yeah. So, That's... you may or may not have had this mesh covering, like, yeah. the top of the chimney. Like, they, nowhere did they say, like, they obviously weren't, like, keeping mental notes of, yeah, I right. got this from here, I got this from here. They were just, like, metal, yeah. gone. But you also had a, you know, breakfast bar that had been taken from the kitchen and dragged all the way over to block, like, the chimney. The chimney entrance slash Which, exit. that wouldn't have been anything, like, the demolition team would have done. Because right. you're getting rid of the stuff. Why are you going to take time to... Move it. Move, yeah. Um, also, Josh's body had been found in the field position with his legs above his head. And, like, it was disjointed from his torso. So, like... Clearly, something went awry. 
whether it was voluntary or not, like, there was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, yeah, he did that himself. Yeah. You have to question it a little bit. In order to be in this position, Josh would have had to enter the chimney head first. Whether that's from the top or bottom, he still would have had to have gotten in the chimney head yeah. first. Being a fairly unusual unusual position, Bourne thought that it would have taken two yeah, it would have taken two people to pos- position him in such a fashion if like if it wasn't something he did himself. Right. Two people would have had to have basically made this happen. Which my thing is Okay, then two people possibly could have killed him. Yeah. What makes it strange is that Josh was discovered wearing only a thin thermal shirt. And it was 20 degrees out. Yes. And the rest of his clothes were found in the cabin and folded up next to the fireplace. Shoes. What? Yeah, his shoes, his pants, his socks, like everything. Everything but the thermal shirt. So he got undressed and climbed into the chimney. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's what they're trying to say. Yes. Bourne said he had no explanation for why Josh would have taken his clothes off, which left him in just that thermal shirt to go outside. Basically, what he's saying is... He was taking it that he undressed, went outside, climbed on top of the roof, and then went down the chimney. Why? Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that is it the makes, scenario yeah. that makes the most sense here. Yeah. So, the revised autopsy said the cause of death was an accidental death, murder, or undetermined cause. It definitely sounds like you have it undetermined. So. <laughs> yes. So... Born stated that it came up with the most plausible cause and it would remain an accident. He did come down the chimney. That's our conclusion. Okay. Murphy said there was no way Josh could have crawled inside the chimney with the steel webbing. Um, he didn't come down the chimney. So he, he remains to this day convinced Josh's death was not accidental. Which, as you dive in, like, yes. Nothing about this seems like he, like, if you're going off of what the coroner has said, he, it makes no sense to basically strip and then go down a chimney that you were already inside. Yes, exactly. Like, what was the purpose of coming in through the (laughs) chimney if you already had access to get inside? Especially if you don't, you, it's not showing that you had any drugs or anything in your system. So it's not like you're high off something you said. You go, hey, look, a chimney. I feel like being Santa. Like, what? Unless it's, like, something that they weren't testing. Like, I don't don't know. Like I said, it's just, there's a lot that, like I said, to this day, people are like, it, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. What truly happened to Josh in the cabin remains a mystery, and unless further evidence really reveals itself, it's probably going to stay that way. A Reddit post from 2015 does give one theory about who could have possibly have killed Josh. Um, Reddit? Yes. They always have the answers. Right. The theory states that a man named Andy Newman could be possible for Josh's death. Apparently Andy was from the same area. 
he apparently either like became friends with Josh or like knew of Josh. Like right. they were both musicians and he apparently was in a band. The Reddit user it always starts with a boy in the band. Right. Um, the Reddit user said that about a year after they graduated, Josh like was seen hanging out with Andy. Mm-hmm. And then it was like right at that time and like Josh went missing. Yeah. Andy So it's a comfortable jump to yes. conclusion. Okay. And Andy is not it's not just like, oh, you were lasting on this person, you went missing. You're guilty. No, Andy is not a good guy. Okay. Andy has a past history of violence. He <laughs> Since leaving, like, that area, was arrested for supposedly stabbing a disabled man as his caretaker took a shower. Uh. Yes. Strike one. He, think, I don't have it written down, but I think this was, like, in New Mexico. He was, like, he became buddy-buddy with this one guy who happened to be a caretaker for this disabled man. Uh-huh. And when the caretaker said he was going to take a shower and whatnot. He left Josh with this disabled guy. He comes out like the shower and his patient is stabbed to death. And Josh is gone. Yes. Josh is gone. Nowhere to be found. So. Okay. That's who we're dealing with. Yes. They claim that Andy had been bragging about how like basically he put Josh in a hole. So. He's trying, and then... um, Leaving nothing to the imagination. And, like I said, so, like, they pretty much have, like, proof saying, like, he was, he had killed this man and that, and then, you know, they have him say, like, apparently bragging that he had killed Josh, and apparently even before that, like, he, when he was, like, arrested for the stabbing of this man... He also claimed he killed, like, a woman somewhere and gave, like, <laughs> details about, you know, how he did it, where he buried her. And she was found there, but somebody else was charged for that. And they just said, no, you probably just heard about it from someone. We're keeping this guy. What? Yeah. So this isn't even the, like, uh... if, if he actually did, you know, brag about putting Josh somewhere, like, it wouldn't be the first time he's coming yeah. out and said, I did this. And not gotten in for it. Basically, everywhere I read, there was no further investigation into Andy being a possible connection to Josh's murder. Because the coroner has said it's an accident. accident. The coroner also claims that there's possibly a second suspect who was unnamed. Because he claims that though this man could have done it, he's too small to have... Stuff Josh's body in the chimney. Right. So, so yeah. He would have had help. Yeah. So, that Hence, two people yeah. would have had to. So, one, two. Yeah. But to this day, Josh's death is still a mystery. Like I said, is ruled as an accidental death or, um, like, possible homicide. Like, there's it's it's a question mark and i guess unless more comes out about it's just going to remain until andy decides to 
open his big mouth and brag about this. Yeah. But that's so, where my money is. <laughs> this is our lovely Andy. Doesn't he look sketch? So sketch. <laughs> he looks like a great guy. But yeah. Like he said, it it was one I found this through the lovely world of TikTok. <laughs> Someone did like a like case you probably don't know about and just right. did a short little it, I think it was before, like, TikTok was just letting you do three minutes things. So it was, like, a, like, one minute, yeah. 30 second, whatever thing. So I wrote down my name because I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. And it I, was interesting. I searched it and I'm just, I'm usually one of those people that I'm like, but there's no answer. But I was just like, I think Andy is the answer here. Yeah, I think Andy and possibly the unnamed other suspect is yeah. it, you said it yourself. You there had to probably have been two, two people, people, especially if there's no like, and you think injuries. you know who person two is, but you don't think person one actually exists. Like, yeah. So, okay, sir. Yeah, it's just it's one of those ones that's baffling. And like I said, unless something happens, any evidence we need not... for somebody to come forward in this yes. case. So long reach here. <laughs> But if you're listening and you know anything dealing with this, please contact authorities. And yeah. you can always remain anonymous. It like I said, it it was a wild, wild ride to go on, but it definitely kept my interest and I like I don't like the fact that it's unknown, but I like the fact that it's possibly something that maybe months, years down the road, like could possibly we might have, have an answer. answer. Yeah. Well, that's like um, if anybody follows the Delphi case here. Yes. Um, the two girls that went missing in Illinois, Missouri, they were in a park and one of the girls actually caught the guy on her Snapchat video. Um, but police actually re released some more information finally this week. So we did post that to our Instagram stories for a little bit. I'll try to find it again to repost. But if you're in that area or if you know people that are from or living in that area, like, please look into that case because they are still working very hard to solve the murders there. Yes. And they're letting little trail crumbs out slowly and surely. And I just really hope that we have an answer in that case sometime soon. Yes. But as for this case today that we went over, thanks for taking us on that wild ride. We appreciate it. I'm glad that I had a cocktail or two while we went through that. <laughs> Welcome back to your last call. It's Sloan, your bartender for tonight, today, this evening, whenever you're listening. <laughs> say whenever you're listening. Whenever. Today's last call is going to be about one of mine and Trisha's favorite animals, penguins. I love my penguins. I didn't prepare her for this just because. So I found this. It's like 30 interesting facts. It's on goodhousekeeping.com and we're just going to run through it fairly quickly. However <laughs> quickly we can get through this. <laughs> I'll probably cry a few times. It's fine. It's okay. So the first fact is the smallest species is the little blue penguin. Would you like to guess how tall they get? They're probably like pocket size and then I want it. They're like, they grow to be 15 inches tall. <laughs> They're pocket size. And just for like a relevant measure for you, um, emperor penguins is usually what you see in zoos. And they grow to about um, four feet tall. 
So these little cuties are pretty pocket sized as far as penguins go. <laughs> I'd carry it around everywhere. Scientists still don't know for sure how many uh, kinds of penguins there are. We're kind of assuming there's anywhere from 17 to 20. Uh, penguins jump into the air before they dive in to swim so they can swim a little bit faster. It helps them cause a little air bubble whenever they first dive into the bar into the water. <laughs> uh, whenever explorers first found penguins, they called them strange geese. They are cute and majestic. They're freaking adorable. <laughs> They can also swim at speeds over 10 miles per hour. No. They can dive down over 800 feet. Uh, penguin suits act as camouflage. The black backs blend in with the ocean water when seen from above, but the white bellies blend in from the white bright surface from below. Makes sense. They can drink seawater pool from pools, streams, just really whatever they don't have to drink any specific kind of water so you're saying i can have it as a pet i'm not saying that you can have <laughs> one as a pet uh some extinct penguins grew more than five feet tall and like i said the tallest that we have now are about four feet penguins do not have teeth they have fleshy spines inside their mouths do you still want one <laughs> I mean, yes, I still want one. Um, they go through a catastrophic molt once a year where they lose all of their feathers in a two to three week process. They can't swim or fish until they get all of their insulation back. Some penguins species mate for life. Not all of them, but that is like a cartoon thing that we kind of believe they all do. Couples locate each other with distinct calls. They do make funny noises as well. Oh. I don't know if I could deal with that owning a penguin. Yeah, but they're cute. Emperor penguins incubate eggs on their feet. <laughs> yeah, I do know that. Pudgy penguins make good mates. I would make a good penguin mate. <laughs> You're cuddly. <laughs> 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 they're waterproof um they're total social butterflies mm. uh, i'm not a social butterfly <laughs> no not really but i would be with a pink i am with animals I yeah am with animals a group of penguins in the water is called a raft didn't know that before uh, yep scientists find penguins using poop what <laughs> yeah the abundance of dark excre excrement produced by large colonies allows researchers to see the groups from space. In 2018, the smelly giveaway just revealed a 1.5 million member super colony of, a of Adili penguins in the Danger Islands. Interesting. Penguins are specially adapted to sink. While most birds have hollow bones to facilitate flight, penguins have dense skeletons for easier diving. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're super friendly with people. Some penguins build pebble nests. <laughs> Others dig out cozy burrows. 
Penguins get their name from a Canadian bird. A now extinct giant auk looked like a funny black and white creature explorers encountered in the southern hemisphere, so they used the scientific name Penguinus and Penis as an inspiration for penguins. Okay. (laughs) Not all penguins live in the Antarctic. I feel like we knew that. Yeah. Some are found in the southern uh, hemisphere. Penguins huddle for warmth. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, macaroni penguins were named for their fashion sense. And they are the, like, ones with the bright yellow eyebrows. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. I think that there are definitely a couple Aww. of cartoon ones of those. They love tobogganing. So instead of shuffling across the ice, many penguins like to Bill lay on their slides. stomachs. I love it. And propel themselves with their feet. <laughs> That's how I would get around. Same. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Screw walking. Let me just slide everywhere. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me skis. Don't worry about a snowboard. I'll use my belly. Funny side note, whenever Nate and I first started dating, I wore this like Mexican jacket and he looked at me and he was like, you look like a Mexican penguin because it was just like so big on me. And like, so I just, I was going first, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It was a cute little thing. I I mean, like I love penguins. I love being called a little penguin. I was okay with it. Best compliment you've ever given me. <laughs> amen. Amen. Could not get any better than that. Um, penguin chicks start out as little fluff balls. Like, they're so cute. Think little chickadees, but a little taller. Penguins started as a movie fad. They were named as one of the things in the early 2000s because of March of the Penguins, Happy Feet, Surf's Up, Madagascar. Y'all are just late to the party, okay? I've loved penguins for so long. Amen. Amen. And that is the end of our 30 facts about penguins. One of our favorite little cute animals. They're so cute. They're so adorable. Literally used to go to the Cincinnati Zoo and always, always had to stop at the penguin exhibit. And my roommate was afraid of birds. And then, of course, it was in the birds exhibit. Oh, <laughs> I was the to go through. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. Well, I don't know about you, but that made me feel better about today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Penguins can turn anything around. But on that note, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Rate us. Follow us. Subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Um you got any suggestions either like leave it in the reviews or you know leave a comment somewhere send us an email at tequila she wrote at gmail.com all of our socials are tequila she wrote across the board tiktok instagram twitter facebook find us anywhere uh we have started a patreon we're still kind of working on getting it completely up and running but it's getting there Check us out wherever you prefer. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. See you later.